Okay, got everything set up, ready for hearing any updates or anything you want to share before we take the questions. Let's just take the questions this morning. Okay, we've got um, five or six questions so far, so let's get start. Um, we'll start with Madhavan. Vivian has a couple of questions that she wants to ask. Okay. Good morning, Vivian. So I'm translating very much for you, Vivian. Has first question is she, she would like to know what's the difference between an avatar and an expansion of Krishna. Uh, well, typically uh, Krishna has expansions, the first of which in Vrindavan, of course, is Balaram. Um, and he also expands himself then into Mathura and Dwarka as Balaram does as well. And these are all expansions of Prakash that um, function within the sp spiritual world, within the Paravyam, within the, uh, the abodes. Vrindavan, Mathura, and Dwarka, these three centers. So Krishna expands to participate there, to reciprocate with devotees in those realms who's uh, in accordance with their bhava. And then there are expansions as well for Vaikuntha, which is another basic type of bhava altogether where, there, where God is worshiped um, with awe and reverence and so forth. So all such um, expansions differ from the avatars in that the word avatara means, tara means to cross, to cross. So avatar means to cross from up to down. So the avatar is a manifestation of the Godhead appearing within this world. Hmm. for Leela, for establishing Dharma, for different uh, functions of the absolute. And in that regard, the first avatar is Mahavishnu, hmm. from wh whom then the world comes, right? And then he um, expands into each, each, each world and so on and so forth, into each, each jiva. And then through the Mahavishnu Leela avatars will come from Narayan, like Nishringa, Varaha, Ramana, and so forth. And we're acquainted with their Leelas because they're appearing um, in this world. It doesn't mean they don't also appear in the uh, spiritual sky itself, but um, as uh, we say that uh, Krishna, for example, is the avatari, the source of all avatars, still the avatars. He, he crosses down and appears in this world at times also. So that's the basic difference. Does that help? Okay. Go ahead. And she had another question. Um, Básicamente es entender por qué Krishna cuando desciende, no desciende con su forma original, sino toma diferentes formas de los avatares para aparecer en esta tierra. Pues en los diferentes caminos. So her question somehow connected to the previous one is why when Krishna descends into this world, he does not always come in his original form, but he takes different forms what, why, why, why is the need of taking different forms in reciprocation with his devotees and why he cannot keep his same original form to reciprocate with his different devotees? Uh, the reason for that is because there are different kinds of love. So Krishna says, for example, in Bhagavad Gita that devotees approach me differently and in accordance with how they approach 
I will. Gurmaraj, I don't know if you can hear. Oh, I lost him. And some distance. Gurmaraj, hi Krishna, where you're breaking up again. Is there something you can do to? Can we lose them all together? There he is. Okay. Hold on. Sure. It should work. Okay. Whatever you did yesterday worked, so. Yeah, this will work. Okay. So in answer to this, the second question, the first question, the difference between a Prakash or a manifestation or expansion and an avatar. And the basic difference is the avatars are those that descend into this world. That's what avatar means. And the expansions expand poor leelas within the spiritual world. Those uh, expansions may also function as avatars. And the next question, as I understand it, is why does Krishna appear in different forms? Um, when he comes, why doesn't he come in his, his just one form? And the reason is because devotees have different types of love. So in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, as people approach me, so I reciprocate accordingly. So for example, some devotees love God with awe and reverence. And so he appears in a form that corresponds with that, which is more overtly uh, majestic and godly for example, Narayan is on the throne with four arms uh, and, and so on and so forth. Whereas Krishna is worshiped in intimacy, um, in friendly love and even romantic and parental love. So how can, how can you worship God in parental love? For example, which we were talking about yesterday, if he's uh, sitting on a throne with four arms and uh, exhibiting all types of powers and so forth, it's not possible. So he he appears in a form that corresponds um, with their with with their love, and besides that as well, he appears in the world for different uh, in this world for different functions. So he sometimes he appears as a yuga avatar to establish the dharma for a particular yuga, and relative to the yuga that he's going to teach, excuse me, the dharma that he's going to teach in that yuga, he's going to appear in a particular form. For example, the yuga avatar for Kali Yuga uh, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as explained in the Bhagavatam. And the, and the yuga dharma is Namsankirtan. So appears in a, he appears in a form doing Namsankirtan, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, did. He doesn't appear in the form of Narsingadev, why why does he appear sometimes in the form of Nishingadev? Well, because of the circumstances surrounding um, his devotee and the necessity of, of, of his devotee, Prahlad, which was very peculiar, right? Uh, Prahlad was aff afflicted by his father, oppressed by him, tortured and so forth. So he came to protect Prahlad. And uh, his father, Hiranyakastipu, had a boon from Brahma that he wouldn't uh, die in the day or the night or by the hands of a man or an animal and so on and so forth. All these checks and balances, if you will. So Nishringadeva is a form of God that was genius and that it was able to, by that he was able to override or find a hole in the shield, if you will, that Hiranyakastipu tried to put around himself. Um, because Nishingadev was not a man, not an animal. He was half and half. Uh, and he, he said they have been given a boon by Brahma that he wouldn't die at the hands of a man or an animal, and so on. So um, furthermore, uh, Krishna and Narayan, they have leelas, right? Leela means play. So they play uh, and they have different, and, and in different leelas, different forms are more suitable to uh, the different um, different leelas. Mm -hmm. So you have leela, leela avatars. Uh, so they're, they're different purposes, um, uh, different functions of the different avatars. Um, 
and different devotees of different form uh, of, of different types and so there are different forms of god who correspond with those forms with, with, with those types of love etc as i'm explaining so it's a, it is a little complex theologically um but um we might want to say well gee why doesn't god just have one form let's leave it at that and well he's ananda he's unlimited uh, and we ourselves have different forms that we appear in uh to different persons when we go to work we might dress in a particular way when we when we try to uh attract the um uh, uh a lover we might dress in another way when we go uh, uh with our friends to um take a hike or something we we, we change our form you know relatively speaking Hmm, to one extent or another we appear in different ways to different persons who know us even by different names so we have different names at work we may be mrs so-and-so at home we may have other names uh, that our father refers to us by that our husband refers to us by or our children so on and so forth so the same holds true with uh, the god and the fact that he has um asankhya unlimited forms of expression is useful in, um, in terms of replying for example to an atheistic um argument that well this religion says god's like this this other religion says god's like that a third religion says god's like that so which one is it as if you know okay theism has been defeated um and we could say well they're all true he has different faces different places different times different places um uh, so um and 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 he's and because basically speaking these different paths these different religions are approaching him um differently i've often said that it may be hard it may people may deny uh, or refuse to believe in the existence of god and they say well we've never seen him which is kind of a silly argument but but uh aside from that um we do see love of god in persons and we see it in persons from different traditions from the sufi tradition from ramanuja vaishnava tradition from the mystic christians uh from the godias um, and and so on and so forth we see a basic kind of common ground of qualities sensibilities um and agreement with the nature of enlightened spiritual life that it's eternal it's blissful in you know in a, in a basic sense even as they have differences um in terms of details of their experience there are many common things in common that they they share so the reporting from the subjective experience of different mystics um if we look at it carefully leads us to believe that they're all in touch with the common ground of transcendence that at the same time is variegated in nature and um as such there are formless states of transcendence there are states of transcendence with form and different types of form and and so on and so forth um but um the point i was making is that we see one may say i haven't seen god but we can say but you can see love of god here's an example in jesus here's an example in chaitanya mahaprabhu here's an example in uh you know rumi um um or teresa of avila um uh, saint francis uh, and, and so forth. we see certain qualities in them which are um uh uncommon um they consist of a mastery if you will of the mind and the senses a harnessing of the human passions and so forth which is extraordinary and a preoccupation internally with their um experience not that is to say driving happiness or security from material inter interaction with sense objects and so forth which is the very opposite of what people in general are doing 
So we see this love of God. So if we see love of God, there must be God. Hmm? And the fact that there are different varied expressions of love of God, even while there's common ground that they all share, all different lovers of God, the different details indicates that, that the nature of transcendence, as I say, is not static, but it's variegated. There's variety, there's different expressions. Uh, there's different types of uh, experiences of God, of the God that one can, can be afforded in transcendence and that relative to the approach that one takes. So there's good reason for God to have uh, different forms. Uh, and he is uh, uh, Rasaraj, was the name we give to Krishna, the king of rasa, of taste. And so to taste in different ways, he, he, he appears, uh, in relation to his devotees, taste love of different types, he appears in different forms. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you for your questions. Thank you for your answer. Krishna Kanaya. Hi. Hare Krishna, Pranam. Um, I also don't want to hog the call, but um, I also have a couple of questions, like three, uh, just short questions. So yesterday, um, did I understand correctly that when Krishna displays his supernatural leelas, like killing the demons, this display is an aspect of his Aishvarya? And then I wanted to ask, because usually I read that, oh, the Gopas are just like, um, they cheer him on and they're just so happy. But I was wondering if the Shastras say anything about like this millisecond where they might be uh, stunned and where yoga maya is kind of like not present in a way you know what I mean just like I mean they see all this amazing things happen and is there like a millisecond of them like like being really amazed or I was wondering well of course they're amazed but they're 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 um amazed if you will by the heroism of Krishna this is a deep enough for Sakura. So they see his heroic um, um, prowess. And yeah, of course it's it's startling, but they but they at the same time think they could have done it as well. Okay. But um, but he did it, so he's special. He did it. They think that they're equal. They think that, but but he did it, so his his abilities. His prowess, the fact that he did it is celebrated. They sing, compose songs about it, poetry about it, sing about it, and remember those times and share them with others who didn't witness them, um, and, and so forth. But their bhava and their, and their, their love does not shrink hmm, in the face of the extraordinary acts that he performs. Now, you, you, you mentioned that the slaying of the demons on Krishna's part in the Prakat Leela is done by the Vishnu inside of him. Hmm? And this is stated, I think you mentioned that, that is stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita. But of course, that's built into the entire, the whole Braj understanding of who Krishna is. Because when he was given his name by Gargacharya in the cowshed, with Nanda Maharaj, it was said that he will do many, that Narayan would do many wonderful things through him. I mean, that's one interpret, that's the grudge interpretation of what um, Gargacharya told to Nanda Maharaj, passed on to everyone by Nanda Maharaj. So they remember, so there's, oh, they remember this back, right? Oh, and, and Gargamuni said, well, Gargamuni said it, Nanda told us. That Narayan would do wonderful things through him. So that's another way in which um, his majestic uh, displays of God of, of, of his godhood in the in the simple human-like Braj setting are understood by the Brajbasis. And they take it as well, that just means he's that much more wonderful hmm? of, a, of a friend or of a son that uh, Narayan has chosen to do these things through him. Now, some people think that he's God, but we know it's actually just, you know, Nanda's son and Narayan's doing these things through him, which, which certainly makes him special. Mm -hmm. So does that help? Yeah, thank you also. Um, another question, um, if I may. Um, 
so yesterday you were mentioning so it's a question you reminded me of actually but yesterday you mentioned it again so um you said um at kurukshetra there were different people assembled like the brahmana sages sadhus uh, rishis and so i was just wondering so do you just happen to know the difference between sadhu rishi and muni or um yeah it's maybe not an all-important question but just i was wondering if you if there is a difference at all well just, there probably is more they're more or less synonyms uh oh okay uh i mean a sadhu doesn't necessarily have, necessarily have to could be, be a, a holy person doesn't have necessarily have to be uh a, a rishi or uh um Munis, I think, uh, particularly, um, you know, was more of a reference towards a gyani. Mm -hmm. um, Rishi means a sage, so sage, sadhu. They they, they can be used uh, interchangeably. While there may be a, a little bit of uniqueness that I'm not, um, it doesn't come to my mind in, in particular. Um, there are special rishis. Um, I think I think, um, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I, yeah. Cool. Much, much, but they're they're basically synonyms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. And my last question would be: uh, You mentioned that uh, Shriya Prabhupada wrote letters to you. I was wondering if you still have these letters or where they they are now. Uh, you know. The Prabhupada wrote to me. I have most of them. I think I have all of them. Um, there are some books that have been published by ISKCON and about the book trust books books uh, consisting of Prabhupada's letters. So probably, probably I think all of them would be there. Um, I think there's half a dozen or, or eight or something like that, but they're in. They should be in those those books, um, and they also have a database, which is a online kind of collection of all of Prabhupada's writings. And I think included in there are his letters, so you can go in there and look up my name, and you can find the letters that he wrote to me. I will. Thank you, okay. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Yeah. And there's conversations too. There's some conversations. I think those are also, there are books of his conversations. I think it's also in the database and conversations where he's mentioned me also or spoken with me that were recorded anyway, though not all of them were recorded. I had a number of interactions with him, which were private. Uh, no one else was present, but um, the public ones are, should all be there. Shuma Prabhupada Kijai. Okay. What else? Um, Ram Mohan. Pranam Guru Maharaj. Okay. Um, I was wondering about the importance of uh, reciting diksha mantras silently. Is that absolute? What if no one else is around? Um, they could be. Uh, it's not something like typically. Uh, if, for example, it's popular and in the new age circles to sing the Gayatri mantra and with, in kirtans, it's, it's not meant for that, for example. So they can be uttered, you don't have, you, they can be whispered. Hmm? We have okay. like three, three forms for, you know, manasa with the mind, I think upamsa would mean to whisper so that you can hear it. Hmm? Yeah. Um, and then um, um, out loud, you know, which is, uh, for example, the holy name, when we do japa of the holy name, if we do it out loud, it's considered to be an anga, a limb of the limb, a sublimb of the limb called kirtan. Mm -hmm. But if we do it whispering or silently, then it's a limb of smarnam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the diksha mantras are um, typically uh, chanted, if you will, as um, as a, if, as a, as as a dhyan, as a limb of smarnam. Dhyan means meditation. So anyway, you can whisper loud enough that you can hear, it, and that may help to capture the mind, also, right. because the mind. I don't know if you knew this, but the mind is in between the mouth and the ear. It's right here. 
<laughs> if you go from there to there, then you can capture it. Does that okay. help? Yes, thank you very much. Otherwise, if you do too loud, you may be, you may get a lot of mosquitoes and other disciples, uh, you know, from species. <laughs> okay, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. What else? Another question? Now we'll travel to Brighton. And Bright yes, we have Manan Mohan has a question. Bright spot, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm Guru Maharaj, Hare Krishna. Um, so my question um, is, it seems quite clear to me uh, from hearing yourself, but also Srila Prabhupada's commentary, uh, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, and the flow of the Lila with Lord Brahma, that um, his aspiration is Sakyaras. But I was studying um, uh, Sri Gayatri uh, Mantrata, uh, Mantra Artha Dipika, uh, and there's quite a few places in, in those articles, especially in Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur's um, essay, um, where uh, it says that um, when he was enlightened by on the Gayatri Mantra, he realized he's an eternal maidservant of Krishna. Um, and so I looked, I looked at the verse, it's from the Brahma Samhita, um, and it doesn't seem that the actual translation is like that, even though it's put forward in the book like that, but some of the commentaries on the Brahma Samhita verse also bring that out. So I was wondering how, how to understand that, why that was brought out or translated in that way. When you say some of the commentaries, what commentaries are you referring to? I, I believe it's Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, um, but I think I need to double check that though. So, yeah, I, I, I believe that um, that commentary, the commentary on the Brahma Samhita, um, the original commentary is by Jiva Goswami. He doesn't say that. Later, Bhakti Vinod Thakur wrote a commentary, and maybe in Bengali or maybe in Sanskrit, I can't recall, but Bhakti Siddhanta translated it. So that commentary of Bhakti Siddhanta is the same as the commentary of Bhakti Vinod. There's not like they didn't write two separate commentaries. Um, now, I don't, Mantra Deepika, I think that was published by who? And there's Singha Maharaj, I, I think. Maharaj, my god brother. So I don't know if he put it in there as two different commentaries, but um, um, it's actually one, one commentary. So I think it's the only place that you, you'll find that. Mm -hmm. um, so you've mentioned a plurality, but I, I don't believe there are a plurality of commentaries on Brahma Samhita that um, directly or indirectly refer to Brahma as a maidservant. So the one statement, but I, I'd like to, I, I, I don't know if I have a copy of that book, but, uh, but anyway, I think I'm correct on that. At any rate, the one statement of Bhakti notice, and he realized himself as a maidservant, so something to that effect, and, and, and you just cited it. Well, I think that you have to look at that um, statement with regard to so much evidence, you know, if you will, to, to, the, to the contrary, which is considerable. Um, and, um, and you also have to look at the fact that in one sense, the main uh, or the acme, the zenith, of the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radhadasyam. That's what he himself is pursuing to enter into the Bhava Radha and experience himself, Krishna, from her vantage point, right? That's what Gurlila is essentially about, or in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the deepest sense. And this, of course, is brought out by, by Rupa Goswami. Um, and you know that's become um, the standard understanding. I mean, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are different ways to look at him, why he appeared, who he is, and so on. But it's kind of crystallized um, in Rupa Goswami's presentation, which was taken by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, put in Bengali, and that that made it, it, it enabled it to be widely circulated because, well, Bengali's spoken language and Sanskrit is. For, was for scholars and not everybody could access it. 
So once that happened, then that insight was um, very much embraced. Um, and although we, we see obviously that Sakyaras is also prominent in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, it, 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 uh, Nityananda Prabhu himself, that, who embodies it, um, played a, a, a role as, a, a, as an assistant in um, in um, letting people know that this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about. Mm -hmm. So even as he did that and brought people to this understanding, some people were taken by him and, and, and developed Sakyaras. That, that, that's there as well. But um, given the prominence of this uh, uh, um, idea of theological insight as to what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about, and then along with that, the fact that those whom he chose to be his main um, theologians, which were the Goswamis, right? Mm -hmm. uh, wrote the core texts and so forth. Um, they were all um, externally qualified for different reasons by their scholarship, by their uh, also uh, um, worldly acquaintance, at least Rup Sanatan, who were ministers uh, in the government and so forth, spoke various languages and, and whatnot. Um, Rupa Goswami was uh, very, um, um, I want to say, um, was well acquainted with aesthetic theory, and he, he used that aesthetic theory then to couch his idea of bhakti rasa hmm, um, and explain what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about through that. Uh, so from an external point of view, he was qualified. And then internally, his qualification was that, um, um, that uh, he was a handmaiden uh, of Radha, right? Uh, Maid servant of, uh, of, of Radha. Um, the term often uh, used to describe is, is, is Manjari, Manjari Ba. So like the bud, the Manjari, the blossom on the on the uh, on the on the on the plant right is the manjari um, and uh, in this uh, this is an extreme form of radha dasyam of, of servitude to to radha if you will it's a form of conjugal love or madhurya rasa that's peculiar because it takes the shape of servitude to, to, to Radha and arguably a platonic and friendly relationship with, with Krishna. But each of these two sides of the, of the, uh, the, the sentiment of the Manjari is only and exclusively facilitating the bringing about the union in the, in the the romantic union of Radha and Krishna. Mm -hmm. And because through the Dasyam to Radha and the, and the platonic relationship with, with, with Krishna, uh, they are able to bring them together in ways that they could not come together otherwise without their assistance, then uh, the intimacy that they share, the ecstasy of it all, hmm, is also um, experienced hmm, by those handmaidens, by those manjaris, which is which, which because, as I say, although they're servants of Radha, they're you know like friends of Krishna, uh, they are preoccupied with the romanticism of the two. And bringing and as you say, bringing them together, so that's their preoccupation. Hmm? And what you're preoccupied with, well, that's what you're going to ultimately 
attain and experience. So the idea is, the theology is, that um, that by service to Radha um, and Krishna in this way, they experience um, the union of Radha and Krishna that uh, in greater greater measure, if you will, than than other devotees do. Um, you, you, you can be sure, you can make an emphasis, and it's often done, that um, the Manjaris love Krishna, love Radha a little more than, than Krishna. Sometimes this is uh, exaggerated by devotees, and um, they take statements like Das Goswami's statement that who cares for Krishna? Hmm? Um, who cares for him? I, I only like him because Radha you know, likes him something like that but and it's true the this this is just illustrating the extreme form of their dedication to radha but when they say who cares for krishna that's an expression of their love for krishna <laughs> you have to understand the ways of love if you if you're obsessed with someone you're either going to say good or bad things about them. If you don't care about them, then you don't care about them. You're not going to say anything about them. Yeah, well, whatever he said that. You know, you're all preoccupied with it, so you've got to criticize the guy. But I don't care about the guy. So, so those are just expressions of uh, indirect expressions of, of love for Krishna as well. So they're madly in love with Krishna and Radha, and it just takes this particular shape. So this is the the, the theology that about which. Um, then tells us that through this particular bhava that Rupa Goswami, for example, Sanatana Goswami, are the embodiments of, one can come as close to the experience that Krishna himself is seeking, hmm, the, the bhava varada, because they attach themselves to the bhava varada and serve that, and so they experience it. So it's an extreme form of Radha Dasyam, and that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is pursuing. So this is a very interesting um, insight, and it's come to be you know, very, very predominant in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, understandably. It's the main sentiment. So for Bhakti Vinod Thakur to put that in there hmm, is kind of understandable. It's not a, uh, by, by way of saying, and through this method, hearing the mantra and so forth, uh, this is the, the highest ideal. And so, so Brahma attained the highest ideal. I don't think, I wouldn't look at it as a definitive statement about the person of Brahma of whom could, any number of people could be Brahma. Krishna himself takes the form of Brahma. Sometimes Brahma is attained by adherence to Varnashram. It's said for a hundred lifetimes, perfectly executing uh, the Varnashram, one can become a Brahma. But Jnanis can also become Brahmas. Devotees can also become Brahmas. Look at Gopa Kumar. Gopa Kumar was a Gopa. Hmm? And, and, and in his pursuit of Gopa Bhav, hmm, um, for a period of time, he was a Brahma. Hmm? If you look in Priyat Bhagavatamrita, you'll find this. He, took the, he was given the post of Brahma. So devotees may also take the post of Brahma. So they're, they're, you know, it's a broad uh, uh, um, post, if you will. And so to say that Brahma is a Bandari, well, what does it really mean? Um, who, who are we referring to? Uh, you know, it could be any a Brahma. But, 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 but then when you look specifically at, you know, this is the Brahma of the Brahma Vimohan Leela, um, that particular Brahma during that period and so forth, then you, you see the obvious uh, connection to, um, to, um, to Sakyarasa. You know, a very good argument being made with lots of references, even references uh, from, um, from Bhakti Vinod, at least in the sense that uh, Bhakti Vinod along with others saw Brahma from the Brahma Vimohan Leela taking birth in Gaur Leela as Haridas Thakur. Um, and um, there's an argument that can be made for Haridas Thakur's 
um, Thakur having affinity for Sakyabhav. Um, but Bhaktivinoda doesn't particularly play that out. But at any rate, you have to you know, weigh the different evidences. And as you said in the beginning, even in, of your, of your, as you outlined your question, and I'm um, emphasizing that as well, there's just so much natural and happy way hmm, to uh, support the position of, of um, that particular Brahma. Um, um, even even direct commentaries on his prayers uh, by Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and and others um, um, lead very you know naturally to that that conclusion. So I I, I think you have to weigh the, the two and um, look at the statement of Bhakti Vinod Thakur as more of a general statement as to you know. And, and this is being passed down to you, and you can attain this, and this is the highest ideal. And um, so that's the way I would look at it. And you know, that said, I mean, there's room for different opinions on the part, even if you want to argue like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, there, as, as you know, the definitive texts, text, if you will, about the who's who within. Um, uh, Mahaprabhu's associates, Gorgon and uh, you know, the, the author, Kavi Karnapur, says, and there are different opinions. This is one, some devotees think this, some devotees think this, about the identity, the previous identity, if you will, of Mahaprabhu's associates, be they members of Krishna Leela or, you know, different, I mean, uh, Sarvabhoma is Brihaspati, you know. Uh, so it's not exclusively uh, all the members are thought to have been members of Krishna Lila, but that's the override arching, you know, um, um, position, understandably taken by uh, Kavi Karnava, but the, the, there was uh, room for different opinions based on evidence, uh, I would imagine, that they, um, that the devotees put forth. Does that help? Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, Guru Maharaj. May, may I ask a follow-up question? Yeah. Um, so it, the, with uh, Lord Brahma from um, the Brahma Vimohan Leela, it, have you seen any reference or seen yourself um, him as uh, aspiring for pre, pre anon Sakha? Or is it just kind of like put forward as gener generally as Sakuras and the details aren't? Um... Well, I wouldn't say that there's anything definitive there that makes that, um, that argument. Um, um, in his prayers, uh, Brahma glorifies Vatsalirasa and Sakirasa because these two are the rasas that were most affected by the Brahma Vimohan Lila because Krishna became the coward boys and the calves. And so all the mothers and fathers and the cows in Vatsalirasa in parental love, they got a special opportunity to have to actually have Krishna as their son or their calf, right? So it was a special benediction for Vatsalirasa. Therefore, you know, Jiva Goswami, for example, comments in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that during the Brahma Vimohan Lila, we have an example of a fellow who. who who wanted to become, develop parental love, and he did so and entered into the Leela, in the Prakat Leela, uh, in the Prakat Leela through the Brahma Vimohan Leela. At the time of the Brahma Vimohan Leela, he experienced the, the fullness of, of, um, of Vatsali Rasa, and of course, then the Sakya Rasa as well, because it's all taking place in the context of, of Sakya Rasa um, and um, Krishna's become all the sakas and, and so on and so forth. So it's, and at that time, of course, in the, in the Bhagavad narrative and the progression of the Prakat Leela, well, Krishna's has not, he's still a Kumar. He's a Sesh Kumar. He's in the last part of his childhood. He hasn't entered into boyhood. And it isn't until the middle, really, of his boyhood, his Poganda Leela, that his 
that is romantic sentiments start to manifest. So that's not a place for Brahma to speak about that there that has not yet manifest and he's not being acquainted with it either. Um, and of course, you ask about Priyanarmasakas who whose Sakyaras is influenced by, by Madhurya Rasa, which qualifies them, their sympathy and empathy for Madhurya, for Krishna's condition and sympathy for his romantic affairs uh, allows them to participate in them. Um, and, and so that's not happening yet, the time of the Brahma Bhagavan Lila. So, um, um, of course, uh, Padmanamash brought up me, about me the other day the fact that I think that uh, in the Brahma Samhita, there, there, there is some glorification of the gopis. There's a particular verse, well-known verse. Um, I forget the Sanskrit now. Um, and you know, one of the longest commentaries is, is, is found there as well by Bhakti Vinod and I think Jiva Goswami as, as also. So uh, Maharaj had asked me that's the same question that you're asking and thought if you know, we could put that together as evidence. I, I, I don't think you could make a definitive case um, based on that. There may have been something else that Marge mentioned, I can't remember now, but. Um, um, it, was, it was mostly that, Guru Maharaj. Yeah, so I don't think you could make a, a definitive case for that. Uh, for example, um, one could uh, be, uh, if one is situated in a particular rasa, one is, Jiva Goswami explains in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in his commentary, that one is in a position to talk really about other rasas. Hmm. By being situated in a particular rasa, one is qualified to comment to some extent uh, more so than others on different rasas, even though they may not be his or her rasa. Um, uh, there's obvious reasons for that. Um, so uh, we find, uh, Let's take Prabhupada, for example, you know, he, he emphasized the uh, Nityananda pool as well, the position of the gopis and, and Madhurya Rasa. Um, they didn't hide away from the fact that this was uh, considered the highest ideal. Um, they, they, they commented on that, wrote about that, spoke about that, um, and so on and so forth. Um, um, but that does not necessarily mean that one who speaks about that from the position of Satyaras or Andaras, or, or let's say Satyaras is necessarily an Armasaka. But we would, to make that um, case, I, you would need more evidence. We have more evidence, of course, in the case of Prabhupada, in the case of Gopakumar, so on and so forth. But I, I don't see it in, for example, the Brahma Vimohan Lila. Maharaj? Guru Maharaj? Yes. Can I ask you a follow-up question on that connection? <laughs> because you mentioned that we know that Brahma is Haridas Thakur and Gorlila becoming accomplished in Sakyabab. So you mentioned maybe by observing the behavior of the Lila of Haridas Thakur, we can have some further glimpse of uh, Brahma being in Sakya or even in some specific form of Sakya. So I was wondering if you can think of or can share with us any section in, in the life of Haridas Thakur where some of these things become apparent? Well, I don't think that you can do that per se, but I was just uh, thinking at, uh, when I made a statement that he was initiated by Dvaita, who is, who, like Kavikarnapur, is identified with Sakyarasa, although he's Mahavishnu. Mm -hmm. um, he's also identified with, uh, with, with, with Sakyarasa. But there's no, um, I think what is also characteristic of Haridas Thakur, that there is no, unlike others, um, overt identification of him with Madhurya Rasa. Mm -hmm. it's, it's conspicuous, I would say, by its absence. So if you put that together with the idea that he's Brahma coming uh, from the Brahma Vimohan Lila, then, um, you have a case for Haridas Thakur uh, being in, uh, a good case for being in Sakyarasa. And you add to that uh, the connection with the Dvaita and um, 
of course, there are different persons in the Dwaita Paribar who look at you know Dwaita differently, but according to Kavi Karnapur, um, more or above and beyond his overall identification with Mahavishnu, he cites the Sadashiva Mahavishnu same uh, desire to uh, experience uh, Sakyarasa in, in, in the Prachalila. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to think about it a little bit more than that. I guess I opened the door to that by making the statement, but that's as far as I've, I've thought about it. No overt identification with Madhuri Rasa um, and a clear case of identification with uh, the uh, with the Brahma of the Brahma Vimohan Lila. I think we find that identification even in Murari Gupta's text, which is the earliest biographical work um, on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, and in some of the texts from Midwaita Paribar, you can, uh, Bamsa, you can find that also. Um, and again, the case for Brahma, that Brahma being in Sakyaras is, is a strong one. So, what, uh, anything else? Sajan? Dandavats Maharaj. Um, <clears throat> in uh, my ongoing studies of the Chaitanya Bhagavat and for the purpose of um, having the, the happiest, you know, uh, perspective of some of the, uh, the more abrasive, shall we say, statements of Srila Vrindavan Das Thakur. Um, is it, would, do you happen to know, ever heard of um, his age when he composed the Chaitanya Bhagavat? Um, and the reason I'm asking that is, is uh, because, like, for example, um, in the historically documented biography of, like, uh, Sripad Adi Shankara, it is, uh, it is said that he completed his commentaries on the entire uh, Upanishads, Bhagavad Gita, and uh, Brahma Sutras by the age of 16. <laughs> yes, it is said. And yeah. so some and that, of the statements he made in there, I mean, we're, you know, we're hearing from like a 14 or 15 year old kid. And then considerably later in life, he, he offered so much glorification of Krishna's uh, pastimes, names and forms and like that, and so many stotrams and ashtakams. And so, you know, a, a more mature, and so that's why I thought that perhaps Vrindavandas Thakur uh, Mahashai was considerably young when he made certain types of statements, such as, um, you know, if, if someone does not think and feel about Advaita Chari in this particular one way, to the exclusion of all other ways, then they're completely condemned and doomed to hell and that type of thing. And, and the same about, uh, he states about uh, the way one should only perceive Nityananda Prabhu and, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And anyone who thinks any other way or feels any other way is completely, you know, doomed and condemned and uh, an atheist or whatever. First like of all, uh, Vrindavan Das Thakur's statements really along those lines really are in essence a way only of saying that if one rejects the divinity of Advaita, the divinity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the divinity of Nityananda Prabhu, which was was questioned in the community at the time. Uh, this was a developing community and, and so forth. So there were sec some sectarian perspectives and they accepted Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for example, as divine, but not Nityananda Prabhu. Mm -hmm. uh, and same with Advaita. And so he is uh, a bit militant against that. He's not, he's, in, but basically in essence, although he's talking about them in a particular way, he's basically saying one who doesn't accept that they are manifestations of the Godhead, then, you know, um, he doesn't care for them. But as far as your other uh, question, I, I, 
it's 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 a classical kind of a, a technique in hagiographical works <laughs> to make statements that you know, when he was 16 he wrote everything by the time he was 12 he could recite all the vedas and so forth these are just poetic ways of saying he was a great scholar they are not to be taken literally necessarily hmm? uh, okay. so i would i would because you could find, you could find that and in, in, in the buddha did this by this age and he was like this and so forth. So with with uh, with regard to Shankar, I don't believe that he wrote all those commentaries by the time that he was 16. Um, but as far as the, the, the age of Vrindavan Das Thakur, I'm not aware of, of um, um, any statements as to his age. I'm sure it could be found out. You, you could probably find some um, descriptions of when he was born and when he passed away. And then you can also find the dates of Chaitanya Bhagwat. Probably you could find it online, maybe in Wikipedia. I'm not familiar with it. I never looked that up. But I would suggest that you, you know, do a search like that for the life of Vrindavan Das to see his age. It's probably his disappearance and appearance. I think they are well-known dates or reasonably well-known. And the dates of the Chaitanya Bhagwat should be reasonably well-known as well. And you can put the two together. So you got some homework there, signing. Yes, yes. Another thing, just very briefly, um, the the description of the uh, the event of Mahaprabhu uh, bringing all the devotees uh, to the, the the palace of uh, the Kazi um, with the torches, holding the torches and like that, is it, it's like it's nothing like what is given in the Chaitanya Chaitamrita. You know, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, you know, like he sits down with the Kazi and has like a friendly conversation. And, you know, like the Kazi said, you should you should actually consider me like your uncle. And this type of thing is in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, as you well know. Whereas in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, Mahaprabhu brings all the devotees with the torches to the palace of the Kazi. And they literally go inside the palace. He's not there. He, he is beforehand. But they all enter the palace and break all the furniture and destroy like the whole interior of the palace. And then they leave. And then uh, and that's like a lesson for him to learn not to not to uh, harass the devotees anymore. And there's no interaction whatsoever you know, with Mahaprabhu and the Kazi, between Mahaprabhu and the Kazi or anything like that. I was just wondering if you had a, any any kind of insights about that. Well, different devotees have written different ways about the Leela um, and to make uh, different points, I think, overall. Uh, Krishna Skabirash has them pretty upset <laughs> and they're translating the outside and so forth, but he adds some very um interesting insights to um that meeting as well where the con the chandakazi of course is present he comes to the to the door and um uh, you know reveals his dream the night before and so forth yeah Mahabhu was cordial with him and so forth um so i mean the cordiality which is which is what you often relate to um that is found in the description of Krishna Skagaraj that's absent in Vrindavan Das Thakur is something that you can hold on to and, and take as a, a fact or a detail about that that uh, that came out later and that Vrindavan Das was not uh, familiar with at the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, after all. Krishna Skavaraj is coming later on, and he has all the different biographies at his disposal to draw from, wow. and um, testimonies from other devotees. Although in general, he defers to Vrindavan Das with regard to the description of the Adi Leela in Navadweep, which was more the concentration of uh, Chaitanya Bhagavat than it is the, 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 was the concentration of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is concentrated on the Madhya Leela. Um, still, it's reasonable to um, conjecture that some details about the uh, Navadvipa Leela became came out over time that were known uh, um, as a result through 
to Krishnadas Gabaraj at a much later date, then um, they weren't known at the time by Vrindavan Dastakur. Vrindavan Dastakur ki jai, Krishnadas Gabaraj ki jai, Adi Shankar ki Okay, we'll stop there. Yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry for the interruption. I just want to add that <clears throat> in relation to Sajan's two questions, uh, <clears throat> a book that I would recommend is The Final Word by Thomas Stewart, where he really makes in detail the point of the, the life of Brindavan Dastaku when he was born, when he died, when the book was written, as well as, as well as a comparison between the difference in the statements in the different biographies of Mahaprabhu. Not only those two, but the seven main ones. So just some recommendation in that connection. Oh. What book is that again? What? That's called The Final Word, and the author is called Tony Stewart. He's a scholar, so he does some interesting research. I have the PDF in case you're interested. You can continue. I can share that with you. Oh, thank you, Maharaj. Thank you so much. You're very kind. Lord Premanande, Haribo. Haribo. Thank you so much, Maharaj.